this is a film I went into really feeling like I was going to get, I don't want to say blown away, but, you know, my expectations were high, and I really did expect this to kind of hit the mark where I was kind of thinking it was going to. And for me, it it really did. But I know for a lot of people, it's probably not going to be, you know, the best film to kind of end the year on, so to speak. As far as it's like reception is concerned, it's getting some really good reviews. It's very much like not, you know, top of the list, but it's right there, you know, like eights out of tens and 7.5s and, you know, 71, 72% out of like 100%. Uh, I think like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes has like 83 or something like that, you know, so it's, it's getting up there in its recognition and to me, it's well worth it. The thing is, is that it is very much only for people who really do appreciate what it was trying to do. And I understood that from the get go. I knew going into this, that this was going to be this sort of, what if Gordon Ramsay was a psychopath? That's that, that's really how you could explain this movie to somebody. Think what if Hell's Kitchen was like just extremely dark. Now, it's not that dark. It's actually a little bit funnier than you would expect, especially when you realize that it's actually also making fun of what those chefs are like. You know, like I watch a lot of, you know, chef and cooking shows, you know. I watch things as as obscene as like Nailed It. I watch things that are as, you know, middle of the road as, you know, Hell's Kitchen or MasterChef. And then I watch, you know, top-tier things like uh, all the huge baking shows they have on Netflix and stuff like that. I very much love cooking. I love food. I love to watch cooking shows. And I love to watch, you know, what people are capable of doing. I have a guilty pleasure. I love Guy's Grocery Games, the one that's hosted by Guy Fieri on the Food Network. That's got to be one of my favorite ones of all time. I just love the idea of the supermarket that you have to work with in order to make food. It just that, that to me seems very much more realistic and more for the people. Like not everybody is able to afford these high fancy dinners that a lot of these places are showing off in what they're cooking. You know, I would love to eat at a Hell's Kitchen restaurant. I don't live near one. I probably only get to see one if I visited a place that has one, but I'm very much into that environment. So I know what a lot of those things are like. And taken to the fact that there have been a lot of really good chef-esque movies. You know, Burnt with Bradley Cooper, very good movie about a chef. Uh, the obvious chef movie with uh, John Favreau, fantastic movie about how a chef went from this high-end kitchen to owning his own food truck and getting getting back on his feet again. Fantastic movie. I was just brought, uh, another movie that was just brought to my attention that I want to sit through, it's called No Reservation. It's with um, uh, Aaron Eckhart and Catherine Zeta-Jones, where she plays a chef. And I saw a clip on that on TikTok, and I was like, what movie is this? What movie is Catherine Zeta-Jones a chef? It's called No Reservation. It's from 2007. It's on my list. It's something I'm going to watch within the next week or so, because I love chef-esque movies. So the menu, not to sound corny, was on my menu to watch within, you know, the couple of weeks um, since it had been announced that it came out because it originally was just at a film festival it was uh, premiered at the toronto film festival in september and then we didn't get it in theaters everywhere until november now i saw it uh, a week or so ago uh in theaters so i didn't get to see it like during like its opening week and whatnot you know i have a child we don't always get to you know i don't try to i try to really 
take my time with the, the the choices I make for what movies I go to see now. So I know that I don't overburden the people who are able to watch my son while me and my wife try to have dates still, you know, while being parents. So digressing a little bit, but just giving you the background that I went into this with a certain level of I knew what I was getting into. If you're somebody who probably doesn't, maybe you won't appreciate the film as much, but I find the appreciation for it because it's stuff that I love. So what is it again? It's, it's, um, uh, uh what Phineas? Ralph Phineas. I don't know why the fuck I totally forgot his first name. It's Ralph Phineas playing this extremely over, over showboating chef, almost a, a Gordon Ramsay-esque chef. And he is so up there in what he brings to the table as far as food and what he understands about food that his restaurant is so exclusive. It costs like $1,200 for a table. And you don't get a table unless, you know, he wants you to have a table. Because he only has like six tables in the whole restaurant. And the restaurant itself is on an island that you have to take a boat to. So... When you make a reservation, you go there, it's a whole experience. It's a seven-course meal. It start, it, the film starts sometime during the day, so I'm thinking it's like mid to close to late afternoon when the sun's going to go down. And then it definitely leads into the night because the end of the film, it ends in the middle of the night. So it's definitely like a, a long experience that, you know, what you're, this is what you're paying for. You're paying for the boat ride, the food, the experience, saying you came to this extremely high-end table experience out of the groups you know you have uh john leguizamo uh plays this you know um beat up actor who's kind of at the end of his rope but still is trying to act like he's somebody big time but he's really not it's got um uh, janet mcteer who plays a, uh, a food critic and she's actually said mean things about the chef before so this is like her second or third time being invited to his uh, to his restaurant to critique him again. And then it's got uh, uh, Nicholas... I forget his last name. It's with an H. I think it's Holt. I think it's Nicholas Holt. It's got Nicholas Holt, who's a huge enthusiast. He's he, he's a food enthusiast, but he's kind of like me where, you know, my experience... I have, you know, cooking experience. I've actually worked in a kitchen, and I do know how to cook very, very well. I cook for my house. But this is a guy that, like... He watches these shows and he learns all these things, but he doesn't apply it to anything. So he's just throwing out words and like, oh, you're using emulsifier or things like that. So he kind of is a little a little annoying. He's, he's almost a, a little condescending in a way. And he br brings a date who's played by um, Anya Taylor-Joy. And the, the entire movie, the chef is looking at her because he, he doesn't like see... He sees her and he's just confused. And so... This whole dinner is kind of going about, he does, you know, course by course, does this whole speech before he b gives every course. And slowly but surely you realize that the chef is kind of like at the end of his rope. He is like, feels like he's like at such a level of his career that there's nothing else that he can do to kind of make himself feel better about food. It's like he's done everything he possibly can with food. He doesn't even cook himself anymore. So he has this whole team of people that cook, they work like soldiers, and his kitchen is solid, they clean, they work as one cohesive unit, but he's like distraught from, like just, he's like jaded from all the knowledge and all the years of like experience, that he doesn't feel like he can bring anything else. And he's just so, he's, he's so upset with how like the world kind of views what his passion is and what food has sort of become, 
that he's doing his thing with the, his menu. And of course, this is a very highly experienced menu. He creates a brand new menu every time that somebody that, that he gets a group of people for dinner. So this is a brand new menu. So this is supposed to be this extravagant menu that he's thought of that would be this triumph of his entire career almost. And slowly but surely, you start to learn that everybody is there for a particular reason. So everybody has this thing that they're connected to with the chef. And the only one that doesn't is the character played uh, by um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Each character in some way, shape, or form. So, for example, Anya Taylor-Joy's character is Nicholas Holt's date. So, Nicholas Holt is obsessed with this guy, and he's trying to... He's been trying to get a table at this place for a long time. This is his first... He finally got the chance now. So, his obsession is what made the chef invite him. Then there's this couple, this older couple. They're, like, in their maybe 70s or something. They're rich, they're rich people. They go to that place. They, I think he said that they've been there, like, 11 times. And there's this scene where he challenges them. He's like, you've been to my restaurant how many times? And they're like, mm, five or six. You know. and the chef's like, you've been here 12 times. Name one dish. Better yet, name a dish from the last time you were here. And they can't do it. So his perspective against them is that there are so many people who want to eat his, his food that these people are sitting there eating it like it's, you know, McDonald's. And they don't even appreciate it. And then you have the food critic. Now, the food critic, he does for himself as well as other sort of restaurateurs. Because she's, you know, she's a food critic who closes restaurants. So a lot of her reviews could have closed him down. And he viewed her as somebody who need to kind of, you know, be revelized in her sins, I guess. And then the only reason John Leguizamo's character is there is because he watched the movie that he was in and he was horrible in it because he's like, a, you know, an end of his rope actor. And the chef's like, you know, when it came to anybody who um, I felt deserved to kind of be here, it was somebody else whose form of art was dying for them as my art has died for me. And so you kind of see like the wind kind of leave John Leguizamo. You kind of see like, you know, he's... Ex he there's an acceptance of him that like, yeah, you know, I, my, my art has left me. So there's a group of three guys as well. These three guys work for like a, a financing company. This financing company is apparently a company that helped, um, Ralph Phineas's chef keep the restaurant opened through the pandemic. Now here's another little tidbit. This is probably one of the first films that I've seen Within the last, I want to say year, anything that's come out within this year, 2022, I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I don't know many other films that have acknowledged the idea of the pandemic. Because when you think of films that are meant to be fictional, even though they're fictional, they're meant to take place in a certain reality that could connect to real life so there is there has to be some kind of connection you know if if it wasn't there then you wouldn't see a kid reading a batman comic book in a movie that has nothing to do with batman he's just reading the comic book the comic book is part of real life so the pandemic is part of real life and nobody's acknowledged it this is the first film i've seen to acknowledge it so these three guys work for this finance company and this finance company is what helped the chef keep the restaurant opened through the pandemic However, they're pretty scummy. They're a pretty scummy financial group, so that's why they're there because he felt that they were, you know, 
piece of shit finance people, even though they helped him. They helped him keep his restaurant open to continue doing what he loved doing, but he doesn't love what he does anymore. So that's why they're there. So all of this is floating around. The only one he's confused about is Anya Taylor-Joy. There's no reason for her to be there. She's confused because nothing is like kind of set up for her. She has no connection to this. She's just a date. Well, you learn she's actually a prostitute that this dude paid to come on the date with her and she's just fucking unlucky. That's it. She's just unlucky. And as things progress, you start to kind of see that little things start happening to really like show you that there is no escape. There's a scene where he cuts somebody's fingers off. There's a part where he takes all the men and he's like, you know, you must uh, repent for your actions and you have this much time to, to, to run into the woods and find a way out if you are able to escape you can escape you have like a minute after a minute i'm sending my chefs after you and so they go fleeing out into the woods in all different directions and then the chefs go and chase them down and of course they all get caught they all get brought back there's this huge crescendo at the end of the film i don't want to really say now because it's kind of going to spoil it a little bit but it's it's just this film that is a, a play on the idea that yes there is an art to food and sometimes people can, like a person like the chef portrayed in this film, it could get a little, you know, overbearing to think that, you know, you're pushing your art so much that, you know, you don't even want to do it anymore. You're not even trying to connect with it. Like if you're a chef and you're not even trying to cook, you know, you, you, you feel soulless almost. It's just a really great, great film that kind of was just... It's very middle, I'm not going to say it's like a B-movie, but it's very middle of the bar as far as, you know, a movie of last year is. It's not going to be something that I think would win any awards. It's going to be something that is up there, it's going to be something that's up there with being a, oh, hi, Rhea, my dog came in. It's going to be something that is up there with films that just everybody found enjoyable of last year. That's my opinion, because I found it enjoyable I'm not going to be sad if, you know, there's, if it stays just this film, it doesn't need to go any further than this, but I do hope it gets, you know, maybe some further recognition, you know, maybe some nominations along the way. I don't know if it has or not. I haven't looked that deep into it because, you know, like I said, it's, it's a middle of the road movie for me, but it was totally worth sitting through. I'm telling you, totally worth it.